Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Figure Podcast. Each week we figure out people, numbers and images of the past, present and future. Presented by Georgia Parkin and Charlotte Lorimer. I thought you were going to forget our names then. <laughs> I did. I nearly did forget our names. And every week I do the same. So but it's fine, I got through it. Um, but this week we are joined by a special guest. Yeah, we are joined by Nafisha Atcha, um, also known as Nafi. <laughs> and we met uh, Nafi at the launch of Feminist Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies uh, with Scarlett Curtis. And I was just very, very keen and very early. And I was sitting reading um, The Guilty Feminist by Deborah Francis White. And there was another girl who was next to me who was also reading and yeah. you were just, you just came over. It was like a little book club discussion. We started yeah. recommending each other all sorts of different books. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. Like, I think we all were super keen and just got there really early and just ended up having a little chat before the event. It was really nice. Yeah, it was really good. way to get into the evening. I, on the other hand, are the opposite. Kind of <laughs> running very late and turned up to this theatre where there were all these, I think I said this last week, just loads of 23-year-old girls all dressed like I was. I just thought, oh, God, I hope I'm in the right place. <laughs> but then I realised, of course I am. So we normally start each episode by asking what this week has meant to you. So this week has been rather empowering, actually. Um, I, the Reading the book this week um, has made, that allowed me to feel a lot more empowered. And I've had quite a few um, awareness days this week. World Mental Health Day uh, and Day of the Girl. Yes, um, which is a really I just really liked all of the posts and media around yeah, um, Day of the Girl especially and something that um, I found out a bit more about having been very disappointed that I had Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump non- like listed for the Nobel Peace Prize yeah. which was yeah. Yeah, it just made me feel really sick. Um, but yeah. I didn't take enough time to actually see who the people were who'd actually won it. Um, and they're really interesting. And we did a post on the Day of the Girl to kind of celebrate what they're doing to support young girls and women. So Nadia Murad was captured by ISIS, sold into sex slavery, and has written a book about her journey and how she's helping other people speak up. Um, and then Dennis Mukwege uh, has set up a hospital um, in a the Congo. Yeah, yeah, he's a gynecologist, um, and he's helping women who, particularly, who have been raped. What a, a fantastic Amazing. collaboration, especially with yes. a gynecologist as well. You know, yeah, I just definitely. thought that was just brilliant. Mm. They've they've kind of collaborated together. Um, I yeah. also, I, yeah, I also noticed all of the social media. Um, for this week and Same. I find myself constantly going back and forth as to my view on it and this might be something that's fairly uh, I don't want to be negative or controversial but I don't know I feel like sometimes with the awareness days it can just be a bit much and everyone posts everything and sometimes mm. I think are we really posting because we want to or are we posting because we feel like we need to to sort of continue our brand or I don't know, because people expect us to, because we are posting regularly. If we ignore it, does that mean that we are not acknowledging it? Yeah. And I just felt like it it was just a bit forced. Yeah, some, I know what you mean. Not for everyone, I th- I think for some people. You can sometimes... literally everywhere. And I just thought, what? You can question how genuine it is sometimes, I think. Yeah, but I also think in in the same, same vein, it can be quite easy to spot when somebody is being disingenuous about it or mm-hmm. when it doesn't fit into what they normally post about and it doesn't fit into their ethos mm. and things like that. Um, 
I, this time around, I was very um, inspired by the posts that I saw surrounding World Mental Health Day. There were a lot of people wanting to share their stories and being quite open and honest and regardless of their motivations behind that, um, in some cases I think it's still a brave thing to do because it's not easy talking about your problems and um, putting it out on the on the internet like that. Um, but also alternatively as well I've seen people sharing the post that like if anybody is suffering just wanted to let you know on mm. World Mental Health Day especially mm. that I'm here for you today and always if you need anything and I think even doing that was quite good. Yeah. yeah. But it, it definitely does vary but I I did see a bit of a shift today and I was found myself a little bit more addicted to Instagram than I normally am throughout mm. the day trying to read everybody's post and it was really interesting to see people um, people's different approaches and different ways of how they coped and how mm. they're telling people to get help but also encouraging people who don't suffer from mental health for example telling them showing them guiding them in to tell them how to help people who they think they are suffering mm. yeah and know that they're not yeah. alone as well absolutely um, did, did you post for World Health Mental Health Day. Yes, I did. I posted for World Mental Health Day. Mm. Yeah, your piece was, was really good. It was very well written and it was just, it was very straightforward and honest. And I think, yeah. yeah, as you say, it's not an easy thing to do. And yeah. sharing your stories are always um, important. I think that's why social media can, or well, it can be a blessing and a curse. I feel like I say that in every episode, but um, <laughs> as are most things in life, right? Yeah, yeah. very, very true. Yeah. But what's this week meant to you, G? Uh, we volunteered for the Felix Project on Wednesday which um, I would recommend anyone do because going and seeing... We need to explain what it is first. I keep on saying to people, I did the yes. Felix Project, and they're just like, you did the what? <laughs> so the Felix Project is a charity we spoke about a few episodes ago when we were talking about food waste. Um, it was set up by parents who lost their son, Felix, when he was 12 years old, um, to meningitis. And they wanted to set up um, a charity in memory of him. And what they do is they take uh, food from suppliers sort of fresh food that's prepared or packaged food there's certain rules and regulations but they tell you about it from places like M&S, Costa, Fordham and Masons, Coco de Mama you know places like that and then you go and deliver them to uh, schools charities homeless shelters and hostels and we went to three homeless hostels mm -hmm. um, and I think I refer back to something that Deborah Francis White said is that the one thing that I've consistently learned through doing this entire podcast, which is the Guilty Feminist podcast, which is wildly successful, and you know, she now has a book and a whole kind of brand around it, is she's like, I was constantly discovering my privilege, and I think that is just absolutely an example of that. And yeah, I couldn't believe it was on my doorstep. I mean, this is literally yeah. around this is 15 minutes from where it I was live. really eye opening, yeah. And um, but it was, I'm so glad that we did it because I think that. In some ways, I can look around at what's happening in the world and look at these people who have nothing and who've just slipped through the cracks. And it's so easy. You can just have one thing that happens and then your whole life changes and then you are that person. I think it can... People forget how quickly it can turn around and that it's so often... There's no blame. I think there's a lot of blame and shame that goes around people who you see on the street. Um, and I'm just glad that we were able to donate time and action as well as 
you know, financially supporting them. I've given them a little bit of money in the past, but yes. I'd much rather give them my time. my time yes. and my action and my terrifying uh, going around London in she a little mini a uh, <laughs> electric yeah. van. I've never driven a van before. Oh, never, oh. never driven in London. Never driven in London. Never driven a van. Oh. Never driven an electric car. It's yeah. like a go-kart. It's silent. It's oh. so weird. Yeah. And they just, like, let you do it. And we were like, oh, right, okay. So good. Here we That's go. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, that's amazing, and it sounds like such a great experience. Yeah, we're going to do it once a month. It's going to be um, our yeah our once a month project that we contribute to. That's amazing, and I think something that I take away from similar events that we've been to, the smallest thing, even if it's like an Instagram post or half an hour of your time, um, helping out a charity that you feel passionate about. Um, or even helping a friend can really make a difference. Yeah. Even if it's just to one person or to a hundred people, it's still making a difference. And I think Absolutely. we could learn a lot from that and something that if we think about it in that way can empower us to make small changes but long lasting lifestyle changes. The first figure that Nafi has chosen for us to talk about today is Jamila Jamil, who is an actress, activist, model, TV presenter, the list goes on. Um, And just to start off, I thought I'd do a little rundown of her life, which I found out about through this brilliant uh, podcast, which we've spoken about before with Krishnan Gurumurthy, called Ways to Change the World, uh, which is an hour-long episode. Um, And she talks about how she was born with very little hearing. She had to have lots of operations. She had an eating disorder from 14 till 17. She was then hit by a car. And she describes that as actually knocking some sense into her. And that was what changed her eating habits. Um, She then met somebody and they encouraged her to apply for the T4 presenter job because they thought she was quite funny. And she went for it because she thought it would be quite a funny thing to do, to say to her friends, like, oh, look, I went to this uh, audition. I didn't get it, obviously, but it was quite fun. And then she got it. And uh, she then went on to present the chart show. She continued being an English teacher while she was doing T4 because she was convinced that they weren't going to keep her on, which I think is quite interesting. And then she had a breast cancer scare and it really put her life into perspective again in the same way that being hit by the car did, I think. And she moved to America and she starred in The Good Place as an actress, which is a comedy series. And she's since become more of an activist, I think, in recent years. But there we go. There's a little pricey of her That's life. Amazing, so, <laughs> yes, so Nafi, tell us why you uh, want to talk about her as one of your figures today. I'm, I am just fascinated by her. I'm fascinated by the work that she does, the things that she's overcome, and the way that she's not afraid to speak about um, things that she's passionate about. And we talk about women as multifaceted beings and I think she's a really good example of that she is an activist in her own ways but she's also a comedian she's an actress she Mm. she's on an amazing show I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show but it's a really good show with a good moral standing behind it as well Mm. which I think is really interesting and she um did her movement um I weigh is something that really caught my interest yes I wanted Um, to ask you about that yeah um it's something that um I'm really passionate about and again it goes and it shows allows women to show how multifaceted they are that they have other layers to them they're not just Mm. about how they look but you know it's about what they think about and 
their interest is like the variety of interests that they have too. Yeah. Um, and the different types of people that they are. So just to explain about what the I Weigh campaign is, and this is like I Weigh, W-E-I-G-H, Weigh, um, rather than I Weigh, Weigh, the um, artist, or like I have a way of doing things. But I quite like that it's a bit nuanced like that. So she saw a photograph of the Kardashians and they had numbers on them and she immediately thought that that was what they were worth, but it turned out to be that that was their weight and then there were all sorts of people commenting below and she just thought, this is so toxic that we've got these conversations still going and getting even bigger when it's online on that kind of social platform. And so she decided to do an Instagram post um, where she said, I weigh that I laugh every day, that I love my job, that I've got great friends, that, you know, all of these different aspects of her personality and her life. Yeah. And then she inspired lots of other women to do the same and then she created a specific Instagram hat account and she describes it as um, a museum of self-love yeah I think that the most one of the most harrowing things from that interview was when she said imagine how much time compared to men they go to work they go into a meeting they'll go you know imagine how much time we are wasting thinking about how we look what we weigh what our clothes are looking like negative thoughts positive thoughts insecure thoughts all of the time Mm. and think about how much time that takes up and takes away from what we could potentially be achieving and I just thought that hit me almost like a bullet thinking oh dear lord how (laughs) much time have I wasted doing that it's true or will continue to waste doing that Mm. but then and then I thought well how do how do we change that do we change that by just keeping breaking down those kind of expectations that we we set upon ourselves hopefully that will continue to happen but also what is continuing to happen is instagram is just ever more parts of our lives and mm. you know like you said you can just photoshop yourself from your own phone now yeah but then the other side of me i've had all these thoughts at the time i think well you do you are in control of who you follow yes so you almost have to take responsibility for that yourself as well yeah. There's parts of me that feels kind of like the environment. Parts of me feel really dire about it because I feel like there's no way out. And then other parts, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's great. There's this, all of this progress. So it, it's sort of interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's quite hard, isn't it? I think there's so much going on in the world. It's hard to channel it and hard to, to understand it. In particular, in that post when you were talking about um, the amount of effort that we put in um, to how we look and how we... How we present ourselves compared to to men, um, I think that does that's something that's um, in our subconscious, and I think it will take a lot of talking about it. And like, there's n- there's nothing wrong with dressing up, but understanding that there's more to us than that, and realizing that you know if we didn't want to dress up for a meeting or spend two two hours planning to get ready for a wedding or whatever that that we're going to, then that's okay as well. Mm. I also uh, think but if we do, yeah, that's, that's absolutely. And I also think it's uh, as well about changing the way we educate men and young boys as to how they value women, and that comes all the way back to you know feminism again, and mm. talking about you know pornography, and talking mm. about how we present this very false 
image to them very early on, which then drives what they find attractive or they think they find attractive, which then drives what we, how we present ourselves and how we think we should present ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then it's sort of a continuous circle. So actually to be able to break that circle and earlier on would be really cool. And her essay in the book Feminists Don't Wear Pink is all about how you should be changing the conversation mm-hmm. with the men and boys in your life and just trying to, again, get more empathy and understanding across. Because yeah. I think the point is that it's not just beneficial for women, that if yeah. we have a whole generation of people who all have more self-love and more empathy for other human beings, then that benefits every single person. And then it's the stereotypes that are associated with men, which we've been talking about a bit this week, that you don't have to be strong all the time. You don't have to risk everything. You don't have to fight for whatever it is. Like You can be vulnerable. That's off the back of a message I received um, as a reaction to our post from last week when we were doing the episode about how men, yeah, are normally seen as dispen- dispensable. Mm. Um, men normally are the ones that have to be the breadwinners and have all the pressure, they have to risk everything, otherwise mm. they're cowards, etc., etc. It's very interesting that you you touched upon that, actually, because I was watching, I don't know if any of you guys have seen this show, but um, I was watching Grey's Anatomy for the first time. Love that show. <laughs> it's amazing. Love that show, yeah. And I love the writing behind it and the characters in it and stuff, and the, the way the writers in that show depict both females and males is very interesting and mm. it allows us to have those conversations that there are different sides to both sex and I think also empathy that you touched upon as well is such an under misunderstood emotion and I think it needs to be talked about more so people can practice it more and be mm. more aware of being empathetic uh, in situations yeah. um, across I can't... the board. I can't remember where I read this, but there was a really good distinction between empathy and sympathy. Brené Brown does very... Yes, it is. It's Brené Brown. Thank you. So sympathy is like somebody's in a hole and you're looking down at the person on the hole and you're going, oh, poor you. Empathy is getting into the hole with the other person and looking at them straight face on and being like, we're going to get through this together. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice like visual way of capturing the differences between them. Yeah, the, the video is an amazing video. Um, there's a YouTube video that explains that in that way, and it's, mm. it's a really interesting way to look at it. And it wasn't something that I... I came across that video um, a few months ago, um, but it's been something that's been playing on my mind a lot since. Mm. And I've become more conscious about being more empathetic to people and their situations and things like that. Mm. I think that's the only way you can really get change because when you're being empathetic with somebody, you're putting yourself in their situation, you can see their point of view yeah, as well as giving your own. Yeah, so with Jamila, I've got a question for both of you. Is there one part of her character that really inspires you and that you look at her and you think, I'd like to be more like that and kind of in, aspire to how she is. I love her passion, her drive for um, speaking up about issues like Iway um, and how have she's you not ever done an Iway post yourself? Or yes. Have you? Yes. I was going to ask actually, you that. I'm actually quite further down the the grid, but yeah, I did. Oh, awesome. I can I ask what you included? I can try and find it. Yeah. Oh, great! <laughs> Gee, what do you think? What do you aspire to in terms um, of Jamila? I think it's better to, to actually be like that's actually not okay yeah both sexes across everybody 
calling someone a double agent of the patriarchy. I love that. Mm, it's such a good phrase. It's so true as well. Yeah. She, I like that she talks about her boyfriend. I like that she talks about, isn't a phrase to be like, I have an amazing partner, I have an amazing relationship mm. with this amazing man. Mm-hmm. I love that. I feel like sometimes, I don't know, you, I get a bit, you get a bit like, I get a bit nervous to talking that? about that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so those two sorts of things I absolutely love about her. Um, I also, I, I'm purely playing devil's advocate here, which I do a lot. But um, <laughs> We stopped saying devil's avocado, it's, it, well, it's and a, we should go back to saying devil's avocado. <laughs> I love that so much more better. <laughs> yeah, devil's avocado. So playing devil's avocado, um, I think she is also equally an incredibly beautiful, very slim woman mm. as well and I um although she hasn't always been slow because she had um a problem with uh her asthma she had to take steroids oh. and she put on five stone I think oh I didn't know that and there was also um a glamour awards that she went to where the designers refused to dress her because they don't dress anyone over a size 10 so she then went they don't dress anyone Oh my god, what, mm. what, who, <laughs> I know. So what, that's so then, just what, so like then, no, 90% of the population, they're like, no. No, you're not allowed to wear our clothes, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so she then went to a, a shop herself, and she bought a wedding dress, because <laughs> it was the only thing that she liked, and she turns out, I mean, looking fabulous, yeah. this white wedding dress, obviously it was white, like red lipstick, beautiful heels. And I just love that she does that. And she kind of goes, this is in Dorno Porter's podcast, which is really good if you guys haven't listened to it. It's about style and how um, you can choose the clothes that make you feel good and that you Mm. shouldn't conform to the trends and how trends are so stupid because Mm. something might look great on somebody for that season. And then, oh, it's out of fashion, so therefore you can't wear it anymore. Or you're forcing yourself to wear something that doesn't fit your body type. Um, and the I other, yeah, the other thing that I discovered from that, which I absolutely love, is that she wore a chicken costume for 16 days. And the reason that she wore it for 16 days is because she was raising money for comic relief and every thousand pounds she'd raise, she'd wear it for another day. So she would go to interviews in this. She'd just like walk so she, down so the she street. 16,000 pounds from wearing a t- chicken costume. Amazing. And she totally committed to it. Everyone yeah. thought she's not going to do this. Yeah. And she did. She just went for it. Yeah. I just, I like how she can combine humour and passion and just standing up for what she believes in mm. and, and just being unapologetic, I think. Yes, that's, yeah. Mm. She's, she, yeah, she's very, she's unapologetically herself and I think um, in this day and age, especially with social media, I think it's really refreshing to see. Yeah, it is. Can we finish by reading your I way? Yeah, we can. Um, so... I've written that I weigh my degree, um, my supportive family, my friends, um, my creativity, because I like being creative, um, the fact that I have the capacity to love, um, my passion for writing and films, for reading, and uh, building a career for myself as well. I love that. That's a beautiful photograph of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. The next figure is the videos of Lily Singh have been downloaded over 2 billion times. She's all, she's known as Superwoman on YouTube and she's also an actress and comedian. Awesome. So why did you want to speak about her videos and like how long, how many people have listened to them? Not listened to them, what am I saying? Watch them. Watch them. It's podcasts. Sorry. I'm so pod... I mean, this is ironic. I've done... 
I've looked into her by listening to podcasts about her <laughs> rather than... She's done some interesting podcasts, so I have me. watched a couple of her videos, but I've done more by listening to how she was on video. Emma Gannon. I watched a video of us this morning, which was how to increase your Uber rating. <laughs> so, yeah. What were the she, tips? She covers it all. <laughs> what were the she tips? She covers it all. Well, um, I mean... Not, I mean, there's no way to cheat the system, so I didn't particularly get any kind of hack yeah, from them. It's, it's more just taking, she's more just like taking the piss out of the whole very rating. Tongue in cheek about very tongue-in-cheek, so yeah. she's more like just taking the piss out of that yeah. whole thing, which is quite funny. The, the reason that I like Lily and that I wanted to bring her up on this podcast isn't necessarily cheap for her comedy videos, although they are amazing, they are really well produced, and they all make me laugh and make me want to watch more of her content. But it's more about her work ethic and the way she constantly presents herself and the, the work that she does outside of that as well. She's managed to set up her own business. Um, she's managed to create her own production company. She managed to, she's a, a UNICEF ambassador. She um, created a campaign for Girl Love, which is all about women supporting each other, being there for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and she set she set up a, a separate channel, and through that channel, um, you see how hard she works. She has um, a slogan that says um, "Hustle harder," and it's essentially just making the most out of every day, mm. but also realizing that some days you might not feel your best. She's very open about the fact that she started her channel through um, being depressed as a way to lift herself up and make other people laugh and the hope of making herself laugh. I think she made a very interesting connection between sadness and comedy and how quite often comedians are feeling quite isolated and sad and alone and then laughter and connecting with people is how they help themselves. Mm. Yeah, there's therapy for them as well as people watching Mm. it. How long have you been watching her videos? I honestly can't remember. Um, I could, I well, she started in years, 2010. Well, yeah. so. well, that's is why I asked you about the Zoe Sug question earlier. Is that um, Zoe now is well, Zoella? Um, is now like 13 million subscribers. But I started watching her when she was probably like 30,000. As did you. Mm. I also started watching Flood Force when Flood didn't didn't even have 100,000. Uh, Anna Sacconi as well was one of my favourites. Um, she has the Sacconi Jolie's channel, and that yeah. started with. I, I remember seeing them having 30,000 and thinking, wow, they've mm. got a lot of followers, and now they're really, really well known on YouTube. What do you guys think it is about YouTube as a platform that has become so overwhelmingly popular and just have you know billions and billions of people watching and subscribing and connecting with it? Um, just the fact that it. I mean, especially when, I guess, you and I started watching YouTube channels, I think it was just very raw, mm. um, very raw, open, honest conversations, the fact that um, the person you see on camera is exactly that person, there's um, the conversations that you can have on that platform, you've got videos about every single topic that you could imagine, and it allows you to feel less alone, and it can allow you to feel like you've got a friend and mm. I think it's I like the way that she talks about her fans because she talks about her fans as friends yeah and it's it's an interesting dynamic I think yeah I think that's probably one of the reasons that draws me to her as a person the fact that she's very genuine she's very mm. honest and she treats everybody regardless of whether regardless of their job regardless of yeah. what, what 
they do she she treats every single person as ever the human that they deserve to be treated as which yeah. isn't the case with everybody like you know i like that she is such a beautiful woman but like she will not be committed to always wearing makeup yes i think that's really refreshing you don't really see people without makeup that yeah. often and uh, you do in vlogs sometimes but as in on different medium like on platforms outside of youtube yeah i know that's very true so i think that jamil's the same actually Mm. you can see how often sometimes that makeup and um yeah i think that's one of the most powerful things about the youtube um platform is i started watching in 2012 2013 one of the most lonely isolated periods of my life um where i genuinely was just becoming more and more and more inside myself and watching certain youtubers i just it was like almost like having a friend but it was very uncomplicated because then you didn't feel like you especially if you were feeling lonely or sad there was no um that's really interesting because i didn't have to reply back or yeah you know put any effort in you could just yeah watch and feel as though you were being I've, around someone it's funny you you mentioned that actually because um i know a, a lot of other people who i speak to about the youtubers that they watch um they tend to have a similar story as i have a similar story as well when i started i i'm a reader so i started by reading blogs and then I discovered the world of YouTube through that and it was at a time when I did feel quite alone and quite isolated and um, didn't really know how to, what I was doing in my life um, at the time and it gave me a little bit of a human connection in a weird way Mm. um, and allowed me to feel less alone. So yeah. um, because so I've never watched YouTube, as Georgia knows. She yeah. talks about all these famous people. And at my for my birthday, Georgia gave me this absolutely gorgeous bottle, which is from Chile, and it's um, got whales all over it. Sanavani. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Mary was immediately like, oh my God, it's that she got so excited about it. I was really excited because I love whales and I love chili bottles. I know and you wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> it was like really it. funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> because we were getting excited for different reasons and then I thought oh oh it's this it's that girl oh great that's that's really cool that she's designed a bottle yeah. <laughs> but I think for me it's um it's now podcasts where I love listening to them week on week and I just love having those conversations in my ear and it's again that you feel that you get to know people through right and podcasts. that's the same it's YouTube. exactly the same yeah reason that they're so popular yeah. I think um, another thing, though, that I think is interesting with YouTube is because it's become, I guess, now a lot of people's careers. Same with Zoella, same with Anna Sacconi, same with Fleur, Divorce, you know, Lily Singh as well. Jenna Marbles um, was huge, still still is quite huge, but I remember she got, I mean, she got to like 16 million subscribers a few years ago. Um, I love Casey Neistat as well. Um, Shane Dawson's killing it at the moment with his ducky series. <laughs> so there's so there's so mi- there's so much content, so much talent out there. What do you think? Do you think it becomes like a grey area when they start to sell things as part of their YouTube channel that maybe because they've been given a lot of money to do that, mm. and so therefore then they start. I think there was a lot of controversy around the natural cycles um, app app products they gave a lot of influencers a lot of money to uh, talk about it should we explain what natural cycles is it's an app that tracks your cycle by using your temperature 
um, and therefore you're not you don't in theory you don't need any kind of contraception because you can tr use this app and it will tell you when you're fertile and you're okay to have unprotected sex and when you're not um, something that I would love to do, may I say? Although I love think... to do, I literally proposed this uh, <laughs> this app to my partner, and he just went, "Not with me." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," but also I think that, <laughs> um, that app but, is. But the controversy there is a lot of people got pregnant even using the Natural Cycles app. And my question to you is just: Isn't... When do we know? When, when does it cross a line? Because mm. there are going to be, you know, Zoe would have had millions of girls. She obviously didn't promote this app, but she promotes other things, and obviously you know, will have, wear certain things and do certain things. Mm. Is that okay to do that, knowing that that's going to immediately sell a product? Um, what's your opinion on that? So, in particular, with the Natural Cycles debacle, mm. I know some of, well, I watch some of the content of the people who, um, who have promoted it on, mm. on their social channels in some form or the other, and I don't think that they did it disingenuously I think they did believe that it was a, a good product and it was an alternative or something to use alongside uh, their regular contraception yeah. mm -hmm. um, I, and they were very much making people aware of that as well like you know one size doesn't fit all mm -hmm. make sure you you understand everything um, I think it's a tricky one because I think it was more to do with the way that the company um, sold themselves as a contraception rather than a way of just tracking and monitoring your body mm. and your hormone levels. Well, I thought that they were selling it as a way to help you to get pregnant. Mm -mm. They were selling it as a way oh, so, you wow. didn't, so you could have no contraception. So it could just yeah. be okay. natural. Yeah, and it's that's not the way that it mm. was actually meant to be used, as far as I'm aware. I could be completely wrong mm. um, with that. Um, and I think in general, in terms of um youtubers having this sort of platform i think it's mm. as long as it fits them and it's something that it's just really random sometimes it can be like you suddenly you'll be watching someone and they'll just promote like a laundry detergent and you're like, <laughs> okay <laughs> sure um or you know a certain clothes brand i think that very much depends on the content creator themselves mm. um i don't watch a lot of content creators that do it in that way. Mm. I'll be completely honest. Not, not that there's anything wrong with it. Mm. It's just not... Does that then relate back to what the thing we were talking about with the mental health world day, post days, that you can almost weed out for yourself where the disingenuine posts are and where the genuine ones are? Yes, I think it's very clear if you've been watching somebody for ages, you'd mm. be able to tell how much they like something and how much so they don't. it would be kind like of down it. to the consumer then to sort of judge as to whether they... Yes, what they I believe or not. Yeah, mm. I think but the beauty yeah. in the in the way that it's done, in the way that you're talking about it, mm. is the fact that they make it very clear mm. that that it's separate to mm. to the video mm. as well. And um, you know, I it it very much varies depending on the content creator. Mm. Philip DeFranco, I think, does a really good job of how he does it because he does. I don't know if you watch him. I haven't. No. He's um he does like a very regular news video it's predominantly american news but it's like a snapshot of what's happened within the next, last few days mm. and within that he'll have a couple of adverts that people have supported the yeah. the channel yeah. and the video um but he talks about his own experiences yeah. using the services and mm. it's still quite natural and he you can tell he vets yeah. 
Yeah. It's interesting, it's interesting though, because I just, sometimes I'll find myself if I'm looking, watching YouTube videos or looking on, on Instagram a lot, and I'm, and then I suddenly am like, oh, I really want to buy this, really want to buy this, and then I'm looking it up and I'm really wanting, I've like got my eye on so many things, or I've got a, sh- a shopping basket that's very full because I've seen these things on different people and I really want to buy them. Um, I think a brand uh, called Masoma was, I mean... Oh, you love Masoma. I do, I do love Masoma. I've, I've, well, yeah, I, I get constantly complimented on my necklaces from Masoma and my earrings. Um, and I first saw that on Instagram and YouTube and I very much in, enjoy them. But it, yeah. But, but equally, I'm just like, oh, I really want to buy it. Um, <laughs> and that's that sort of power of being able to sort of mm. tap into that... Um, what consumers will feel when they watch those sorts of things because they are going to want to... But isn't the promoting products and so much part of YouTube becoming a career? Well, it's also free content, I suppose. There's that argument. If you're going to have free content, you're going to have to have some kind of way of... You can't just expect people to be making all of this stuff Mm. for free all of the time. Mm. No, exactly. And the other question that I wanted to ask is just, as YouTube as a platform, when it doesn't have barriers to people who may have had barriers in other areas so for example we don't see very many ethnic minority people on television or we don't see as many as we nearly as many as we should all of the like diversity aspect of it how do you think youtube has helped to give a wider group of people a platform um i think it gives people their independence in terms of being able to um, forge their own careers and in, to get themselves out there, to get themselves in front of the people, because mm. I think minorities in general, they, they do have to work a little bit harder to get seen and to get heard, um, and YouTube can be seen as that platform mm. as well. There's so many different content creators yeah. who've gone on to do different projects that they're passionate about, gone to set up separate businesses mm. and things like that. I mean, Lily Singh, for example, going back to, to her as a, a, our key figure, she does want to do like films and TV and things like that, which she she talks about, and you see her struggling through that. You know that it's not very easy for her, but you also know that she's insanely talented. Yeah. She just did an, an incredible video, uh, parody of Nicki Minaj's Barbie Queen video, yeah. which was um, incredible. If you mm. haven't seen it, um, well, just and- yeah, like female comedy is just there is so many brilliant, hilarious women who we don't know about because and you just it makes you think also with things like the guilty feminist podcast when you didn't have you had so many closed doors we just were missing it's not like we would have taken away from people who were already there you're just missing out on people who otherwise would have been there if they could have actually got into those platforms and that's what i really like that one of the lies i think that um we talk about is that there isn't enough space for everybody there is. Yes. YouTube <laughs> proves that. Instagram yeah. proves that. Exactly. There is. Exactly. I, I love the fact that um, you brought that up because I think you talk about female comedians. There's also not a lot of South Asian, which is Lily's mm. background, um, comedians in, in that space. And she's forging her, her way into that. There's also um, South Asian fashion designers, um, makeup artists who are doing incredible things on the platform as well mm. um Patricia Bright who's um and also an amazing sort of like entertainer YouTube content creator she's she's making waves in that regard as well and I think growing up I didn't know not being a Muslim woman I didn't know 
the effect of not seeing them on TV or in magazines or on platforms was having on me. Mm. But now I'm seeing more and more of them. Yeah. It's getting me inspired. And like, Do you wish I, that's I what you're doing the, yourself? And there'll yeah. be other girls that will look at your Instagram and think yes. the same. Yeah. It's like a ripple this effect. Is Thank like you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's and, so important. And that's something that I that I realized really recently that I was missing growing up and mm. just thinking like imagine if I found that as a 15 year old girl how mm. beneficial that would have been Definitely. for me and I've got like younger cousins and stuff like that and I just think like it would have been so beneficial for them to have that when they were making career decisions and yeah and things like that as well. And yeah, Jamila um, Jamil and um, Krishna Gurumati like touch on that as well. And she says to the guy who's interviewing her, "You were one of the few people who looked a bit like me when I was growing up." And you yeah. just think that's like one person, and it just shouldn't be like that. There are all sorts of different people of different skins and backgrounds all over the world, and they all have fantastic and fascinating things to say and I love that we've got things like YouTube we've got things like podcasts and that's a kind of different medium I guess for the same empowering thing of being able to create your own content yeah it's, it's interesting that you say that I think the, the beauty of the internet is bringing these people to the forefront I just listened to a podcast about Michelle Hussein who's a journalist for the BBC and she's mm-hmm. done some incredible work in interviewed some amazing politicians key figures from across the world and like the internet is and that podcast is alerting a lot more of a younger audience to her work which they wouldn't have had access to Mm. before and she's just recently recently written a book called The Skills which touches upon like the skills that she's learned as a woman but also as uh, an Indian South Asian woman as well and it's really fascinating and really really interesting to hear her discussing it and I don't think she would have had a platform to be able to do that five years ago Mm. and so it's really interesting to see the way that we're progressing yeah it's giving me hope yeah definitely the third figure this week is the image of Taylor Swift's Instagram post um, which was uh, about six days ago and was the first time that she has ever spoken publicly about anything political. Um, I think it's really important to remember that uh, she was absolutely battered for not speaking out in the uh, Clinton-Trump election um, or in any election before that. Um, it, it led to a lot of um, suspicion as to what her political opinions were. And so I'm just going to read it out and then we can talk about it yeah so i'm writing this post about the upcoming midterm elections on november 6th in which i'll be voting in the state of tennessee in the past i've been reluctant to publicly voice my political opinions but due to several events in my life and in the world in the past two years i feel very differently about that now i always have and always will cast my vote based on which candidate will protect and fight for the human rights i believe we all deserve in this country i believe in the fight for lgbtq rights and that any form of discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender is wrong. I believe that the systemic racism we still see in this country towards people of colour is terrifying, sickening and prevalent. I cannot vote for someone who will not be willing to fight for dignity for all Americans, no matter their skin colour, gender or who they they love. Running for Senate in the state 
of Tennessee is a woman named Marsha Blackburn. As much as I have in the past and would like to continue voting for women in office, I cannot support Marsha Blackburn. Her voting record in Congress appalls and terrifies me. She voted against equal pay for women. She voted against the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, which attempts to protect women from domestic violence, stalking and date rape. She believes businesses have a right to refuse services to gay, to gay couples. She also believes that they should not have the right to marry. These are not my Tennessee values. I will be voting for Phil Bredesen for Senate and Jim Cooper for House of Representatives. Please, please educate yourself on the candidates running in your state and vote based on who most closely represents your values. For a lot of us, we may never find a candidate or party with whom we agree 100% on every issue. We have the right to vote anyway. So many intelligent, thoughtful, self-possessed people who have turned 18 in the past two years and now have the right to vote and the privilege to make their vote count. But first, you need to register, which is quick and easy to do. October 9th is the last day to register to vote in the state of Tennessee. Go to vote.org and you can find all the info. Happy voting. And in the 48 hours that, that was after that was posted, vote.org reported that there were 102,000 new registrations by people under 30. Which is amazing. Which yeah. is amazing, yeah. And begs the question, do people like her, who is, you know, she's arguably one of the most fav famous pop uh, stars in the world, have a responsibility in this day and age to talk about politics? I think that it's a really interesting one when it comes to Taylor Swift because I listened to a BBC profile on her and they were talking about how business-minded she is and has always been and how her family have helped her and made decisions to further progress her career as a singer. Like, they moved to Nashville for the sole purpose of helping her to become a star. And when I was thinking about that, I thought that, I wonder if that plays into why she has not spoken out about political issues, because any business would say we are impartial, we do not say that we are this or this. But equally, but, she makes songs that are very clearly about like relationships, mm, and that could easily be just as Yes, risky. absolutely. But I wonder, how, I, want to, I want to know what the conversations have been around her family of do you talk about this, do you not? And what I liked about that Instagram post is that it seems to come from her. I don't think it was pushed by anybody else or by the media complaining that she doesn't talk about this or that. It just is her, it feels like it's her ready, wanting to speak about it, passionate about it, encouraging everybody to share their voice and yeah, sending that to 112 million Instagram followers. And also, most importantly, that we're now in an environment and a time where I think that it is much more easy easy to speak out about stuff like mm. that I don't think that would have been the case four or five years ago I was all. I was just gonna say I think um I think there's two things that are quite interesting um regarding Taylor Swift and that Instagram post the first thing is that her relationship with Instagram itself has really changed over the past few years she was a bit quiet and kind of um very she's she's very thoughtful about what what she posts more than what she was before mm. or she's a bit not thoughtful but more selective about what she posts and in terms of her sharing her political stance it i think it's a sign of the times that of the of the country that she's living in and the politics surrounding the country and the things that have gone on and Absolutely. the people who have spoken out about a range of different issues 
across across the world um, in that platform. And we we've seen celebrities do it quite a lot. Mark Ruffalo is very um, vocal about his stance on a lot of things, um, mm. and he plays the Hulk on Marvel and things like that. Yeah. Do you um, think? Do you I, think I, they I have think. a responsibility? Well, I think as well. I was just going to say. I think actually, um, when the Trump Clinton election was going on, I think it played into Trump's favor because there were so many celebrities that were bashing him, bashing him, bashing him, supporting Clinton, and it just it just fed into the narrative that Trump was saying about how we have a swamp, how we have all these people in high places with money dictating things, and I think that it really did play into his favor because there were so many people that came out and were just sort of so vocal against mm. him what I liked about this is she doesn't even mention Trump she's just mentioning policies that she believes in and doesn't believe in and yeah. that is the key and that is what is important and that is personally what I, how I vote you know in the UK gosh I mean it's sort of messy at the moment same in America, I like that she but says that you, how exactly how I vote I she's, like that she says that you don't have to find someone that you agree 100% with because you're not going to no but you that's just, the reality yeah. it is the reality we're all human we all have different yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just think even if you, the thing that upsets me more than anything is when people don't register to vote. I find it so insulting to the number of women in particular who fought so hard, and men, to get a vote for everybody in this mm -hmm. country. And even if you don't agree with any party, any politician, just spoil your ballot. Mm -hmm. Like that is taking a stand in the same way. Mm -hmm. But being passive and not registering, I think it's just the worst thing that you can do. I also think, given the amount of young supporters she had, I think that's why she had particular criticism for not speaking out about politically. Like, when you have 112 million followers, that is someone with a huge platform, bigger than any of these politicians, arguably. Combined. Combined, <laughs> yeah. But I can also understand, from her personal point of view, why she didn't speak up also, especially at the time of the elections when she was um am I right in thinking that she was still touring and stuff around that time? I think and she might have been, yeah. Twenty sixteen it would have been albums and stuff coming out, I think. Yeah, so she has a lot of articles written about her and especially at that time and it wasn't all positive. She's got a lot of year for her. yeah, that it, was. she's she's had a lot of <coughs> backlash on herself as a person and I think Mm. It takes a lot to add something else to create fuel to the mm. fire. Mm. Does, um, Do you think that we'll see more Instagram influencers and celebrities steering politics going forward? Don't necessarily know. I hope that they encourage people to vote, regardless mm. of the way that they, the people vote. Mm. Um, I don't know whether they'll steer them. I guess, I guess it depends on what they're passionate about. I don't think we should yeah. necessarily hold them responsible to that. But, but equally, um, like but we saw with the upskirting law this year, social media is a huge way in which we can, we can shape bills and things that we want. Yes. Um, even though it's very frustrating having to try and pass them in the process of doing that. But that is a, a real benefit of social media. And if you've got someone with 112 million followers, I mean, gosh, they could... Yeah, what, you know what's the difference that they can make. And yeah, I, that's crazy. Yeah, I mm. think it's really interesting that um, with the the vote coming up in America as well, and the deadline to register and stuff, we saw a lot of people. Uh, I I saw a lot of people on Instagram um, from like TV shows like Riverdale and things like that, where mm. they were 
encouraging people to vote and not necessarily swaying them either way but if you looked at their personal profiles and you you kind of knew them you yeah. you, you can kind, kind of, of guess gauge which yeah, yeah but, but just, the encouraging the, the, the voting in yeah. the first place is so important so mm, true. yeah and i think there's a there's a beauty about that because it's allowing you to make up your own mind but reminding you to not let it go by and see the small things that it could affect mm. and how it affects you on the wider level I was yeah. going to say, um, I saw Taylor Swift live this year and I really like Taylor Swift and I, like <laughs> and I think she's an awesome I adore role model well. and I think she's a massive feminist, not that you can be a small feminist, but like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I, I just think that if I had a daughter one day, I think she'd be a great role model. She's amazing and I've seen her live too, she's incredible. And the final thing I wanted to say about the actual image that she posted on her Instagram, which is quoted from an article with The Atlantic, was, this isn't Taylor the star, this is Taylor the person. She has opinions and she's asking you to vote. And I like looking at the contrast of her Instagram post and her feed. And it is just this more simple photograph where it's like, it feels more raw in some ways, which I yeah. think is um, part of its power. Yeah. Um, I also like that outfit. She wears that to sing Shake It Off. And I like that that's her, it's also an, obviously a nod to LGBTQ and Pride because it's a, it's a rainbow dress. Yes. Love it. And Shake It Off is all about kind of, you know, dealing with what other people think of you and... All of those labels. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, she's great. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Figure Podcast, and a huge thank you to Nappy for joining us. It's been so lovely having you. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been so fun. Guys. I feel like we could just. I don't, everyone says this on every podcast. It's so annoying, but we could literally have been talking for hours. You don't have to. You can just stay here for chatting. a little bit longer. <laughs> um, so, where can everyone find you? So you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Bumblings of Nappy. Bamblings of Naffy. Yes. I love the name yeah. so much. It's so Indeed. great. Because it's kind of like ramblings and also bambling, like bumbling along. I love That's that. That's where I yeah. got the idea. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, and as usual, please send in your uh, thoughts and comments and emails. We had a lot of feedback actually from last week's episode. Yeah, thank you so much so to everybody. Thank you so much for everyone for writing in. Um, and that's at Figure Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can write to us at thefigurepodcast at gmail.com. Until next week. Oh, wait, no. Not until next week. We are having a week off. We are. <laughs> the first week off since we've started this podcast. We're taking our October half term. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, so we will see you for episode term. 23 in... Two weeks. Two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.